Hi, I'm Steve Westerly, and this is Beneficial Intelligence, a new weekly podcast with stories and pragmatic information for CIOs and other IT leaders. This week, trust but verify. Do you trust your vendors? You might trust them to make their best effort at producing bug-free code. You'll probably trust maybe 50% of what they promise about what their software does. And you might trust them to eventually build some of the features that they claim are on their roadmap. But can you trust them to not build secret backdoors into your software? Edward Snowden showed us that all the big American uh, companies are delivering their data straight into the NSA database. And for European companies, that's kind of a problem because we have something called GDPR. And the European Court of Justice have, has told everyone that sending data to the US where they go straight into the big NSA database is actually illegal. Another place where you might have a problem is if you're using Chinese smartphones. Now, the Lithuanians, who are no big friends of the Chinese, they have their national security, national cybersecurity center look at a number of Chinese phones. One of the things they found was the Xiaomi phones. They actually sent some kind of encrypted data to a server in Singapore. So everything you do on your phone ends up via Singapore somewhere in China. The, um, the, uh, another interesting thing was that it actually has censorship features built in. So it downloads a list, again from a server in, in Singapore, every time it boots, of prohibited phrases. So if you have a Xiaomi uh, smartphone, then, well, if you have the European version, you can write Free Tibet or Democracy Movement. If you have the Chinese version, you know, those words simply cannot be written. They cannot be read. They cannot be reproduced on the device. Now, the Chinese company says, oh, well, that's not a problem. Uh, well, every time you boot your device, it downloads this block list. So that means the next time you reboot your device, you might find that if you have a Xiaomi smartphone, that you're not able to write free Tibet. The uh, Lithuanians recommend that you throw away your Xiaomi phone and replace it as soon as possible. In the 1980s, there were some uh, nuclear disarmament uh, discussions. And during those discussions, uh, Ronald Reagan was very fond of quoting a Russian proverb. Doverai no proverai. Trust but verify. And that became the basis of the eventual um, disarmament agreement that you were including in the rules, rules for how to control, how to verify that the other party was doing what they said they were doing. Later, there was the Treaty on Open Skies. That allows every country that is a signatory, that's 34 countries, to fly over the territory of every other country. So if you're not quite sure what they're up to, then you are allowed under the Open Treaties, um, Open Skies Treaty to fly over the uh, 
territory of any other signatory. So that's another way of having, of saying, well, of course, we trust that you are living up to your obligations under various treaties, but we also have the, the possibility to verify via this, uh, via this open, um, open Skies Treaty. In software, we have something similar. We have open source. A piece of open source software, well, you can open it up and you can verify it. For many of the big, uh, biggest uh, open source products, there are independent security reviews. Like People who have no interest uh, with the organization building the software are looking through it and making sure that there are no secret backdoors, no bugs that would allow hackers in. It doesn't make the software absolutely bulletproof, but it does make it much more secure. In some cases, these reviews are paid for by software foundations. In some cases, they're paid for by the big users of the software. And in the spirit of open source, you'll often see companies who have done a security review of a specific open source package actually share that with everybody else. So when we have open source, we have the ability to verify. Now, in some cases, you don't have open source. You'll have to go with some commercial package. And the commercial software vendor will not automatically allow you to verify the software. But if you are a reasonably large customer for enterprise software, what you can do is you can push to get access to the source code. Very often you can. Under reasonable non-disclosure agreements, you are, you are allowed to look through the code and make sure for yourself that there are no hidden backdoors. The dangers and the distrust in closed source is shown every time we have an election in the United States. Now, it totally baffles me that a large democracy will allow every county in the U.S., thousands of them, to set up their own rules, and they can go out and buy a, an electronic voting machine with no paper trail, no audit, and where you're not allowed to see the code. So the source code for an American voting machine is a commercial secret. So basically, a county in the U.S. simply trusts the software vendor to produce a piece of software that will do something fairly important, like count the votes. And they basically trust, but they don't verify. Now, that's an open invitation for the loser to cry fraud, which is, of course, what's happening. Now, if they had the ability to actually, somebody independent, to actually look at the code in the damn things, then you could you could just simply show, well, look here, it does not have secret backdoors. It does not count every, demo, every um, Democratic Party vote twice or whatever it is that um, various people are claiming. But the idea of having just closed software and you just say, well, just trust me, well, doesn't really work well. In the recent election in, in Russia, then the Russians were pushing very hard for people to vote electronically because, of course, they are, well, other countries are digitizing their uh, their. Um, societies, the Russians are digitizing uh, vote, voting fraud. So people were being pushed to actually register. If you, were a, um, if you were a public employee, then they knew if you had registered for electronic voting. 
and they were told very clearly, if you did not, then you would be fired. So a lot of the votes are now in Russia are now electronic. When they counted up the paper votes, then it turned out that Putin's party had not done very well. Uh, then it took them three days before they published the results of the counting of the electronic votes, which actually takes like 30 seconds to count. But it took them three days because they had to manipulate all the electronic votes so that uh, Putin's party won everywhere. Now, of course, we're not really expecting uh, a, a transparent election in, in Russia, but we're seeing that there is this ability to use these electronic devices, and if there's no verification, it's an open invitation for fraud. When you use software, don't do like they do with in the US or in Russia with their voting machines. You need to trust the vendor to produce the software that he says he, he is delivering, that it does what it's supposed to do, and you need to be able to verify that it doesn't have secret backdoors. Trust, but verify. Thank you for listening to Beneficial Intelligence, a weekly podcast with stories and pragmatic information for CIOs and other IT leaders. If you like the content, please spread the word. If you have comments, please get in touch. My contact information is in the show notes. See you next week.